Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We had a pandemic preparedness guidebook, which was produced back in 2018, and it lays out all the worst case scenarios, like what happens if half the population gets sick, or what happens if mass fatalities overrun hospitals, or, you know, we get hit by a pandemic. And not once in that guidebook did it suggest that you flatten entire economies. Nowhere. Instead, COVID hit politicians across the country they lit their hair on fire and threw all the planning guides out the window and decided to repeat the mistakes we've seen made around the world. Because what the guide did call for were things like social distancing, shutting down large gatherings, maybe even school closures at the, at the worst, even in the most dire situation. And yet we have yet to see any of that. What the 2018 guide suggests is supporting hospitals, not shutting down entire, you know, societies. And now a retired lieutenant colonel who spent 27 years in the military and who was then hired to head Alberta's emergency management agency has penned a letter to all the premiers sending his briefing materials and imploring them to pivot back to the emergency planning that he believes never should have been ignored. His name name is David Redmond. He joins me now. And you may be retired, but you're still a lieutenant colonel, and I thank you for your service. Thank you, ma'am. Ma'am. All right. Um, I, uh, I know I'll call you ma'am. Oh, all right. I'll call you Dave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, um, you spent 27 years overseas leading Canadian troops. You, you're well qualified to know emergency preparedness. You were in Yugoslavia, you were in Germany, you were deployed to Croatia, Romania. And because of that expertise, you then get ha- hired to, um, lead Alberta's emergency management agency and, and it, in, and give your expertise in emergency planning. And what you're suggesting and what you see now makes you say what? Well, first of all, in any emergency, the first thing you do is you look at the hazard and you try and protect those who are most vulnerable. And those are our seniors. We knew that back in February, it was clear worldwide that 95% of the deaths worldwide in February were in seniors over the age of 60 with multiple comorbidities. That should have led us to immediately look at quarantining our long-term care homes. That's where our concentrations are. If we'd done that, we might have saved 75% of the 20,750 deaths that we've had so far. And that means we could have saved 15,000 Canadians. The second thing you do is you take your pre-written plans And we had plans that were based on the lessons learned from all our previous pandemics. And one of the hard lessons learned we had found in every pandemic that had hit our country and other countries was that lockdowns don't work. When you try and isolate people, each one of our planning guides said you use these as the very last resort and only in extremely severe pandemics because The results of lockdowns had proved time and time over again to be more dangerous and cause way more damage than the benefit they may provide. 
it's a sad lesson that we've relearned because there was a study done by a group of eminent um, doctors who have published in December once again that the actual effects of lockdowns in terms of mm -hmm. stopping the spread of COVID is minimal to zero. So if it's not stopping the spread, why are we doing it? When in fact, it's causing massive mental health, societal health, it's crushing the education of our children. It's causing deaths in other severe diseases because people are too afraid to go to the hospital when they're having a heart attack and it's devastated our economy. Now, when you talk about immediately quarantining long-term care homes, uh, the premiers, those in charge would say, well, we put the iron ring around and it can't be around these people because they're still dying. And the other thing you say, you know, that needs to change is this rhetoric in the media and move to a more confident and reassuring message uh, to explain to people that hospitals are not going to collapse because we built surge capacity. That is not the message we are told on a daily basis. Absolutely not. So one of the things that I was taught in the military is you build confidence in government. The way to build confidence in government is for government to say, we've got this, and then explain why, what they've done, the preparations they've made, and the fact that they're ready for whatever comes at them. We've seen the exact opposite. So we've seen a campaign of fear. And part of that campaign of fear has always been in telling half-truths. So when you're told that there's 1,400 people in the critical care beds in Ontario, what you're missing is the denominator. The denominator is that there are, in fact, 22,000 critical health care beds in Ontario, and only 1,400 of them are being used for COVID patients. So if your hospital system is being overwhelmed, it's not by COVID. The second thing you should be saying is, and we've built surge capacity. We're going to expand the number of beds acute care beds, and we're also going to expand our ICU capacity. We keep hearing about that way too late. That should have been discussed and put into place back in February if we'd followed any of our original plans. So uh, I'm seeing a campaign of fear being led in the media nightly by doctors instead of a campaign of confidence led by the government. Let me ask you this, because when it comes to pandemics, most say that they're a public health emergency, and that's why we've got so many doctors who are speaking. But you've got other sides of, of doctors who are starting to come forward and saying, hold on a second, these lockdown measures aren't proper, but they either get drowned out or they get kind of blacklisted. You see this more as a public emergency, and you don't believe that enough um, leadership was given to those with the kind of military experience that you have. Have anybody at a, a provincial or um, a federal level listened to any planning done by those who have military you know, experience or those with emergency preparedness training? So I, I, w I would obviously uh, believe that they haven't. I know in certain provinces, for sure, they haven't. The emergency management organizations have been sidelined and the doctors have been placed in charge. And I'm not picking on doctors. This is something that they should never have been put in charge of. So I want to go back to your first statement. A pandemic is an emer a public emergency. It affects every sector of our economy. It affects the public sector, the private sector. It affects every citizen. Doctors are in charge of running the medical system. That's just one tube of our economy. 
there's the power grid, there's the, the, the natural gas that heats your home, there's the food supply system, there's all the different systems that make up our critical infrastructure. And there's an organization called an EMO that every day monitors across all the sectors of our economy, looking for hazards that are going to impact them, making sure critical infrastructure is operating and providing the government, the premiers, with all the tools they need to ensure the complete stability of the, the jurisdiction. What I've seen is them pushed aside and the doctors who aren't trained in any of that and shouldn't be trained in any of that expected to step up. So that's why we're seeing things like in our meat packing plants and our poultry industry and all the other areas. We see these these sudden emergencies that appear out of nowhere that there doesn't seem to be any grip or plan for. And that's because there isn't. That's not their job. They don't they they're surprised by each of these things. And we never should have been surprised. Yeah, it's it's interesting because Dr. Davila, who is Toronto's top uh, doctor, um, disagrees with the premier reopening the uh, province, albeit it is a very slow reopening and a lot of businesses are not going to survive at this rate. Um, and she doesn't believe that we should be reopening because we have now a pandemic within a pandemic, given the new variants that have come in. And you have written all the premiers now. And what are you asking of them? Because that's the kind of advice that they would heed is is the the words of, of a doctor like that. And, and my concern is where where's the concern for the pandemic of mental illness or the pandemic of bankruptcies or economic uh, destruction? There there are other pandemics that are happening outside of COVID that seem to kind of get, you know, ignored. So. I, I don't like to delve into the medical world. That's not my area of expertise, but I'm going to just for, for a part of your answer. First of all, it should never have been a surprise that there was going to be shifts in viruses. That's what viruses do all the time. They constantly shift. Why do we get an annual flu vaccine? Because every year a new flu emerges. COVID is no different. COVID's going to shift and change constantly. So is the answer every time that we see a new shift in COVID going to be that we lock down again? Because the third wave will come next October. Seasonal flus and, and viruses happen like this every year. It shouldn't be a surprise the third wave will start in the middle of October. Are we going to lock down our economy again? We've already almost doubled our national debt. And if we don't think that's going to have a massive impact on our medical system, then we're obviously living in a dream world. The, the challenge that we have is to do a sustainable approach. Step one, as long as seniors are at risk, 84 is the average age of the deaths in Canada. 96% of the deaths in Canada have been in seniors over the age of 60 with multiple comorbidities. Average age 84. We've completely failed them. When I say quarantine long-term care homes, I mean in a caring and a compassionate way, but a quarantine means the staff and the residents. You put the staff on a shift system so you don't burn them out, but they do 30 days. They live in a quarantine center. They go do their shifts and they can work as many as you want. But when they're done their 30 days, they go home to their families and the next shift that's been quarantined for 14 days takes over for 30 days. You can do a many, many different ways you can do it, but it looks like we haven't even thought of that. And that's why at one point in time in Ontario, 40% of your long-term care homes are having outbreaks. That's unconscionable. Yeah. We knew in February they were the most at risk. But the flip side of that is you don't then try and lock down your whole society because the effects of on mental health, societal health, the crushing of our children's education, the deaths from other severe diseases, and the massive impact on our economy. If you lock it down, that's going to cause, there, there's doctors have written saying that it's causing 10 times 
more damage than any possible good. And serious world-renowned doctors saying the effect on the actual spread of the disease is minimal. As you force people indoors, this virus spreads indoors. And it, it, it's a misnomer to think that people aren't going out to buy food and that they're not going out to get essential services. They do it once, they catch it, they bring it home, and now they're in a contained environment. It's been proven over and over and over that lockdowns are not the way forward in a pandemic. We learned it every pandemic before. We wrote it into our plans so we would never do this. So why are we doing it? And so what are you asking then? How do you pivot at this point, this late in now with variants here? What can the premiers do if they listen to you? Quarantine the long-term care homes and open up for business again. And I mean in a reasonable stepped manner, but you have to break the cycle of fear in the public. And that needs a plan to explain to the public why we should never have done the lockdowns in the first place and how we're going to pivot away from them in a very rapid manner to get our business back online, to get our children back in school, to, to, to make sure that we now have money in our mental health care, in our societal health care budgets to overcome all the damage we've done. 